Greetings, fellow wanderers in the fourth dimension. You're listening to the greatest show in the galaxy. I'm Mike and Cheese Emma, and today we're asking the question: What makes a companion? Yeah, we are today. Um, there's this has been a really strange kind of it's a debate within fandom that's um sort of never really stopped ever Mm. since day one really ever since we started using this sort of capital c companion for the doctor's uh friends who travel with him and Mm -hmm. other friends um and we really as a group as a collective still haven't come to a satisfactory answer um yeah i mean it's it's sort of there's so many sort of permutations really it's because you sort of like you can say like one thing about how you class as a companion and then someone will go well hang on how about such and such and then you got to also go well eh, mm. so yeah, absolutely um so the best the best way to nutshell this this thing is that the description that i've always been told and the one that fits the least worst is <laughs> a companion is someone who travels with the doctor over to over more than one story mm-hmm. and goes in the tardis that's that's probably the most reasonable sort of way to put it i think yeah but then yeah that excludes a, quite a lot of the unit companions who mm. we we like to think of as companions because this is something else that happens quite a lot in fandom is that there there are characters that we all love like the brig um mm. and so we want to think of him as a companion of the doctor mm. but he's really not according to the parameters that we set yeah. so it's it's really really weird um what the the best example of uh, a character this this definition excludes is Caroline John's character, mm. Liz Shaw. It entirely excludes Liz because although she crosses mm. stories, she never gets in the TARDIS. That's true. Yeah, I mean she she's <sighs> see. I personally I don't know what it is about the term assistant that I don't like, but it's, well, well, it, it doesn't. A, it imp- yeah. It implies a superior and a, a superior relationship, doesn't it? Yeah. It's like he's the boss, you know? Mm-hmm. So the doctor, I mean, is is kind of the boss of the, the companion when that's not meant to be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that, that word assistant kind of implies that, whereas companion is more of a, a friend. Mm-hmm. But the, the thing with Liz Shaw is, yes, she was sort of like the regular for that season, but she never travelled in the TARDIS, if we're going by the sort of like the, the off quote and parameters. And well I don't wanna I don't wanna call her an assistant, but that's kind of like what she was, really, when you think about it. I mean yeah. ultimately, because I mean I, I think it was said in Terror of the Autons, you know, when we're just about to get introduced to Joe Grant, the brig says to the doctor, you know, Liz said that really you needed somebody to pass you your test tubes and tell you how brilliant you were, you know, and that's that's sort of that's how that's how like I sort of define like assistant as a term for like a doc the doctor's yeah. friend, you know, someone who like goes oh you know what is it doctor oh doctor what is it what is it doctor, you know. <laughs> uh, so you would sort of see it as like a subset of companions, like so if there was. Imagine it like a family tree. If there's a big word companions at the bottom, you have the branches off. One mm. is assistants and one is companions. Well, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, I mean, I, but, I, I, you know, I don't want to sort of like slight Caroline John as, as Liz Shaw, but, 
you know, just as I say, going by sort of like the criteria you set down that you mentioned, you know, she she never travelled in the TARDIS, so is she strictly a companion? Because, I mean, when it comes to, like, the other unit personnel, I mean, Joe Grant obviously is a companion because she has travelled in the TARDIS over more than one episode. However, you know, the Brigadier, um, Mike Yates and um, Sergeant Benton, they didn't, you know? I mean, sure, um, Benton and the Brig managed to be in the TARDIS for the three Doctors, but that never really... Well, the TARDIS never went anywhere under its own power, if you know what I mean. It was, no. it just got sort of like dragged off to Omega's pocket universe, with along with the rest of Unit HQ. Unit, um, yeah. But uh, it's like the, the the problem is that it's interesting that now that when you look down the list of companions, mm-hmm. the Brig and Benton and Mike Yates are starting to appear on some of these lists, mm. and I think it's because. It never happened before 2005 Who, mm-hmm. as far as I'm aware, as far as, as looking at lists and things that I've looked at before. So I wonder if it's because the way that we perceive the companion and Doctor relationship mm-hmm. is a lot different. Because um, pre-2005 um, in the classic series, you had the idea that companions just were with the Doctor all the time. Mm-hmm. That they Once they got on board the TARDIS they were there 24 7 until the day they left yeah whereas now especially if, if you're looking at people like Clara and Amy and Rory mm-hmm. it's a lot more like you know they travel for, with the doctor for a bit then they go home for a bit have a job and then just go on an adventure for for a, a, like a week or a couple of weeks in our time and come back and go back you know it's because mm-hmm. it, that, that idea that idea that the companion can sort of come and go as they please yeah has come into come into the writing i wonder if that's why people like the the, the brig are ending up on these lists because they have lives but they interact with the doctor much more than the random people turn up in episodes mm, okay i have to say that's that's one of the things i do kind of like about what they've done with clara is you know, she's not sort of beholden to the Doctor, and she, yeah. she just like she just like mucks about with him on like a Wednesday or whatever. Yeah, you know, it's like he just he just pops around and they go off and do something like if you know, like a friend who comes around for tea. It's yeah, much more extreme. <laughs> <laughs> I say, I, I mean, also they did this quite a lot with Rory, especially once they'd been around for a couple of series, uh, Rory and Amy, mm-hmm. that they were off having their married life, and yeah. the Doctor would just pop in at random and usually extremely inconvenient intervals yeah so it was it was the god complex really that started that when you know the the doctor sort of well not really sort of like kicked amy and rory out of the titles but he sort of like let them go because he was afraid of what would happen to them and then mm. obviously they didn't they weren't like with the doctor in the last two episodes of series six and then sort of come series seven part one that's when they started like, to do like the more um sort of part-time companionship if you want to class it as such you know yeah because i mean that's something that was quite interesting in the power of three in that they uh, there's a bit of dialogue i think that rory says that they'd worked out how long in real time they'd been away with the doctor and mm-hmm. then coming back and they'd said you know we've been away for like two and a half years and Stuff like that. This whole idea of time passing while they're on these adventures. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously the TARDIS is a time machine, so in theory you can just plonk them straight back as to when they got picked up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this whole idea of that time passes and 
the doctor's off doing his own thing and then just kind of drops back into um the companions lives it's quite interesting i mean you know there's there's nothing to say that the doctor wasn't having adventures with other people simultaneous to what we see mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I mean, actually, I think that I think that would be quite an interesting idea that if you had sort of um, him say, for example, we have the Doctor and Clara mm-hmm. going off and doing stuff, and then the next season we don't have Clara, we have another companion, mm. so and then the door. season that follows that. Yeah, so like a revolving door, or maybe it's like have a few episodes where he has another companion, and then Clara mm. sort of jumps back in, and sort of maybe it's like. To switch over or have like an episode where it's both Clara and A and other and then you know A and other goes off to do something else and then it's another couple of episodes with Clara but you know I mean I suppose it depends on how sort of they want to do that you know in terms of writing because that could mm. that could possibly be a bit uh, hairy especially if you have like you know different writers doing different things because you know it all, all it takes is what, like one miscommunication and then all of a sudden oh absolutely this companion's like, no, this companion's not supposed to be here, you know. It's So I think that's why they sort of try and keep things, like, linear in terms of the companions, you know? like Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, because they, they obviously want to keep people coming back to watch the episode. So mm-hmm. if you have, like you say, this switching of companions, it's going to get quite confusing for people who are just dropping in and out of the show. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it hasn't stopped, you know, people like Big Finish and other and other source materials from these little gaps mm-hmm. that would appear yeah um so it, you can do it. it's much easier now in the new series because obviously there are huge gaps that you can put other adventures in yeah but now um especially people like the fifth doctor who seem to have entirely continuous <laughs> adventures mm-hmm. trying to find little gaps to wedge stories into yeah um is become it's become sort of an art it's a really interesting idea, interesting read, actually, to read where people think, like, the stories with Eremem mm-hmm. slot in, in the whole scheme of things in the Fifth Doctor's timeline. Yeah, I always gathered that was sort of, like, between Planet of Fire and Caves of Androzani. Because Everything of... has been wedged in between Planet <laughs> There's more, there's, I think, about three times more Fifth Doctor stories in that gap than there ever was on TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, that's, that's one of the nice things about post two thousand and five is because they don't run on in that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, most recent example when we've had uh, Day of the Doctor, Clara's got an entirely new job, mm. exactly. teaching, yeah. and you know, she in this country you have to have a qualification called PGCE to teach. Mm. So did she go and get her PGCE qualified, get a job, and in the meantime, between <laughs> adventures with the Doctor, entirely you know, possible. it's quite. Yeah, and PGCE takes a year, I think, so... Right. Hmm. It's just, you know, it's quite an interesting sort of work out the timeline. Although, if you're sort of a continuity nerd, the whole <laughs> trying to work out what actual year it is in real time uh-huh. is quite confusing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the infamously, the Rose going missing um, storyline from Aliens Wonder World War World War Three, mm-hmm. a typo on one of the missing posters meant that the timeline in Doctor Who moved forward a year to what we were in real life. Ah, uh, right. Because hmm. I think you know that that series broadcast in two thousand and five. Yeah, there was an error on one of the things, and so they had to move it forward to two thousand and six. <laughs> so they're a year ahead. <laughs> oh, such a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Anyway, getting back to 
the companion debate um it's quite interesting especially it's concentrating on post 2005 mm-hmm. again it's quite interesting what who people consider to be a companion and not mm-hmm. jackie meets those criteria she crosses stories and she travels in the tardis mm-hmm. not really on the companions list now uh hmm that's it see it's tricky because she's only really had one trip in the TARDIS. So, you know, then do you have to sort of like um, alter the rules to say has to have more than one, more than one trip in the TARDIS or, mm-hmm. you know, because she's not sort of, I suppose another thing you have to look, look at is like how regular are these like, I don't want to say minor characters like Jackie, but do you know what I mean? Like how often mm. do they appear? Because I mean... Wilfred Mott, some people class as a companion. Yeah. And I would say he's probably been in it less than Jackie. And yeah. again, he's only had one trip in the TARDIS. So mm. I don't know. It might be the sort of thing where you might have to do like sort of like tiers of companions, if you know what I mean. Mm, yeah. So you have like... It's sort of family level... Yeah, you know, related to the companion sort of things. I mean, because but as well, I think it sometimes it speaks to characters that people don't like, the fandom at large don't particularly like. Because mm-hmm. when Mickey met the parameters for being a companion, mm-hmm. people were dead against it. Huh. I mean, Adam, same token. Mm-hmm. People really didn't like Adam. No. But one of and want to leave him off the companions list, the official list, even though mm-hmm. he completely meets any criteria you can think of. Mm-hmm. See, I see Adam was one of the ones I was going to bring up, sort of, because yeah, I, I, I consider him like a failed companion, if you know what yeah. I mean. He's, he's like one of these characters who, you know, was on board the TARDIS, did have a couple of adventures, but something happened where he, he, like, he couldn't like stick it. And obviously, you know, as we know from the long game, you know, he, he did bad shit. He tried to, like, mess with stuff. And so, yeah. and so obviously, the Doctor cast him out. Um, so, I... Again, it's sort of... Like like I say, I, th- I don't know whether it's best to have, like, sort of, like... Like, subsets of, of companions. So, like, have, like, the sort of minor companions, like, say... I mean, how would you class Chameleon? Oh, blimey. But he's a comedian, again, meets the criteria, crosses stories, travels in the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's difficult when you get into things of how do you rate their effectiveness? Mm-hmm. Because that's a subjective criteria. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, again, it might be a case of you're right, that really you want like tier one companions. Mm-hmm. And they're, I mean, he's like the Premier League of companions. And then poor old comedians in like the Johnston Paint Trophy of committed <laughs> companions. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it's not, to be honest with Chameleon, it was, you know, taking a little tangent here, it wasn't mm. anyone's fault no. about Chameleon. It just didn't work. And they had to do something about it. And, you know, the only thing they could do was kill him off and say no more about it, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, with with Adam, it's quite interesting. that I mean, we talked a little bit about it when we did our season one look back mm-hmm. in that he... The whole pantheon of com- companions is the only one who's really been explicitly sacked, mm-hmm. if you like, yeah. fired. And, you know, it's quite interesting 
because like like we talked about on a story level, mm-hmm. he doesn't really do anything much worse than Rose did in Father's Day, yet she gets a pass. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's kind of that whole thing of does the doctor like you and think that you've got the right stuff? Mm-hmm. Which brings us other quite neatly into um we can talk a little bit about what makes companion in the show, mm-hmm. why some characters make it and some don't and it's especially in 2005 and something that i really noticed in the rings of akaten mm. in the because this is clara's first run out yeah you almost get the sense that the doctor leaves her alone mm-hmm. and you can almost get the sense that maybe he's off keeping an eye on her somewhere and seeing what she does mm-hmm. yeah well, that was the... the doctor yeah i was going to say that was the whole thing with uh, that half of the series who's trying to figure out what exactly was her deal because you know obviously yeah she's the impossible girl so, yeah, I can sort of like that's that's really sort of like part of part sort of selfishness on the Doctor how he takes her on board just to like try and figure out, bit, out. yeah, try and figure her out. Yeah, you know? yeah, but I mean more in a sort of a, like has she got the right stuff to be a companion sort mm. of thing. So I mean when I when I wrote a review of the Rings of Akaten, I said you know you could almost imagine that the Doctor kind of off in the background watching her and seeing how she behaves in an alien world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if she doesn't act it, boot mm-hmm. her off. And if she manages, then she's all right. It's a bit, again, like when Amy goes in, the, when we see the Beast Below, mm-hmm. which is really almost a parallel of Rings of Akaten and Beast Below, actually very similar stories mm-hmm. um, when you watch them side by side. And the whole thing about how Amy deals with every, the events of that story you can almost imagine the doctor saying, well, you know, okay, she cocked that up, but mm-hmm. she's got the the mental ability to roll with the punches and she's all right to stay on board with me. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's certainly sort of post-2005. I do think it sort of tends to be sort of like a, an attitude sort of thing. Like how, how did these people who travel with him manage to deal with the situation if they can roll with it fine welcome aboard if you can't i mean again going back to adam first thing really he did when this like saw the fourth great bountiful human empire fainted you know and and they even like slightly mocked him for that you know he's he's your boyfriend you know so (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it's i think certainly post 2005 it's more sort of like having the right sort of so the, the broader mind, if you know what I mean. It's like yeah. the, the ability to take it in. I mean, the mm-hmm. old signifier of this used to be getting the TARDIS key. Mm-hmm. If you got the TARDIS key, it mm-hmm. meant that you were trusted enough to be able to come and go, um, wander off, do your own thing, mm-hmm. and not get in trouble. Yeah, you were made. Yeah, um, you were made if you got a TARDIS key, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that used to be the old the old kind of standard bearer, whereas with now, they, I mean, it was interesting that in The Snowmen, how quickly the doctor gave Clara the key. I mean, it's mm. literally two minutes after he meets her. So that was quite an interesting, uh, you know, it was one of those things that when we were watching, I went, oh, mm-hmm. that was quick. They yeah. just met her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you wouldn't give, you, you wouldn't meet your neighbour for the first time and then give them your spare house key. No. <laughs> immediately. You know, it's that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to like, think of how it would be you know, in terms of the classic series. In the classic series, more sort of a case of, hey, this happened. Um, I'm sticking with you because... <laughs> <laughs> this happened. Yeah. 
yeah i mean it's much more random process i mean it was quite it's quite interesting again going back to the fifth doctor's era mm-hmm. when he had companions they didn't even want to be there yeah <laughs> you've basically got a, one's there because her planet blew up mm-hmm. one's there because you keep repeatedly failing to get her home yeah and one's there because he can't go back to his own universe yeah well, so you've got three miserable bastards on your ship. <laughs> and the person who can't go back to his own universe stowed away in the first place. So it's kind of his own fault. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was sort of a lot more sort of haphazard, really, because... Mm. Yeah, it's usually... the idea of him just sort of collecting wastrels as mm. opposed to people who really wanted to to, to go and see yeah, what was out there. It was... Yeah. I think Sorry, I was saying who actively wanted to be there. Yeah. Yeah. He's just sort of collecting up randoms, essentially. Mm. Or he's basically giving people an extended lift back yeah. to somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was going to say, I mean, I've, I've, I'm trying to like go through my head to like think of like a companion who actually sort of, who was like, yeah, I want to travel with you. And I'm trying to think and it's sort of. Should we take a quick interlude and I'll bring up a list of Doctor Who companions? Okay. So what we'll do here is we'll Google it mm-hmm. and see what Wikipedia thinks to the official list, which would be interesting. So I haven't looked at this for a little while. Mm. So, um, right, okay. So obviously Susan comes with it, mm-hmm. comes with the comes with the Doctor. There's a familial collection there. Barbara and Ian couldn't couldn't have cared less. We're only concerned about Susan. Mm-hmm. Um and just sort of got taken for really the worst kind of holiday in human history. Effectively kidnapped, and really. Kidnapped effectively and could not have been happier to leave, really, mm-hmm. yeah. as proven by that terrible montage <laughs> in London. Uh, bless. Uh yeah. Uh, we do have to do Vicky... the chase sometimes. We do have to do the oh, chase. We've got to do the chase. Yeah, yeah. We've got to do the chase. Um, Vicky, um, orphan, stranded on yep. a planet. So again, I was sort of really classed that as a stray, maybe. Yep. Just sort of like you'll do. Let's go off somewhere else. Yeah. Stephen Taylor was rescued. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, he wasn't too bothered about it. Just get me away from here. Yeah. Um, interestingly, they list Katarina and Sarah King- Sarah Kingdom. If I was to name the two most controversial on the companion list people, it would be them two. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, there were had maybe like one or two episodes between them. Yeah. Before they got killed. Yeah, all in one serial. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they, you know, poor old Sarah Kingdom ends up brown bread. Mm-hmm. So uh, moving, moving on, Dodo. Um, problem is with Dodo, we most of her episodes don't exist. Yeah, it's kind of hard but, to. Yeah. You know, it's just the fact that in the war machines, she gets sort of brain brain scrambled by Wotan mm. and goes off to recover in the country and just never comes back. Yeah. And oh, we're I'm, not too bothered about it. Oh, I'm just, I've just thought, I think, didn't Dodo just stumble across the TARDIS thinking it was a proper police telephone box? I think that was, um, I think yeah, that was, I think, I think that was so. the end of Mask of Saint or was it Eve, the, yeah. Was it, yeah, I think it might have been that. So... Mm. Again, no, not not willingly. Mm. Um, ben and Polly. Again, it's just a sort of a thing of they're looking for... They do the old thing of they're looking for a police box, aren't they? If I remember the war machines correctly. So. Yeah. And really, Ben's really only there because he doesn't fancy going back to the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
and Polly's there because she sort of fancies Ben. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Jamie. Hmm. See again, Highlanders. I don't think Highlanders exists. It doesn't. So isn't he? I think isn't he saved from death? Just sort of like he's about to be killed, and they Poss- take him with him. Possibly, I think. Mm. Yeah. But I mean, he was he was one of the, I would say one of the first companions who was into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, because oh, yeah. the whole thing of he's come from a different time, so we're sort of teaching him all about different technology and different ways of life. Mm-hmm. But he takes to it very well. Yeah. And you know, seems to enjoy his time as a companion. Mm-hmm. Um, Victoria, old leather lungs, as um, <laughs> Patrick Troughton called Debbie Watlin. Mm-hmm. Um, if then she comes across as her dad dies, doesn't she? Yeah, she uh, yeah. dies. Um, I'm looking at the TARDIS wiki here, and it mm. says, uh, "All that said, the most common way of initiating TARDIS travels to be invited by the Doctor, though there was, from their perspective, a significant gap of time between the first coming away of the Doctor and Kelly's travel with him." Uh, Donna Noble, Amy Pond, and Rolly Williams were companions who began travelling at the Doctor's request. Likewise, Martha Jones, Rose Tyler, Jack Harkness, Ace uh, Turlow, Izzy Sinclair, Charlie Pollard. Jamie McCribbin, Victoria Waterfield, Vicky, and others were all began their travels be- with the Doctor because he asked them. Mm. So, yeah, he asked them, but mm. it's a case of well, there's nothing left for me here, so I might as well. Yeah, yeah. So, you know what I mean, rather than saying right when, for example, Donna, mm-hmm. who realizes her mistake in refusing to go with the Doctor, mm-hmm. and happily leaves job, family to go on a, an adventure, mm-hmm. essentially. So, you know, I mean, with Victoria, you can sort of say, well, the doctor's like, well, she hasn't got any family, so I better sling her in the TARDIS and take her off somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Zoe. Uh, hmm. What about Zoe? Uh, I think with Zoe, it's kind of a thing of like, I think that she wants to go myself because mm-hmm. she wants to, because she thinks she wants to see more out of a small worldview, I think, with with Zoe. Hmm. Uh, actually, I'm just reading the TARDIS wiki. She stowed away on the TARDIS, fully, fully yeah, aware there, as a yeah. ship that could take them away from their home. Mm. So that's that covers Adric and Leela as well. Mm. So that could. Sort I mean, I'll, of... I'll give the stowaways a, a, you know, the time of day because obviously they want to go. Mm-hmm. So you know that's fair enough. But it's really with the third Doctor. Liz excluded, Joe and Sarah Jane, mm-hmm. they're all about going on the TARDIS. Yeah, I think that's where you sort of like properly get the, yeah, I want to come with you. It's not because yeah. they haven't got anything else or, you know, they they, they um, don't... See, I'm trying to think like how best to put it with the stowaways. It's like, they want to go, but they're sort of like... They're doing well, it to escape yeah. a monotonous situation or a bad situation. Mm. Whereas with Joe and Liz, they're making a choice to say, I'm leaving everything behind and I'm going with you because you can show me something amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So, they're, so Joe Grant is really like the first yeah. up and at them. Companion. Yeah, which is bizarre because we've had a doctor who's been on for 10 years and finally got a companion who wants to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hmm. Not because everyone's dead no. or because they're bored. It's like, well, <laughs> you know, I actually want to go. Um, it, uh, so moving on, we obviously to the fourth Doctor. Sarah Jane, we've spoken about. Mm-hmm. Harry, 
quite uh, a weird situation with Harry. Yeah, he's sort of, I'm trying to like remember what this... I think he just sort of tagged along. Oh, just sort of tags along, yeah. yeah. Sort of a bit like, oh, I'm going to the shops. Do you want to come out for a walk? Yeah. But you don't of... actually want anything from the shop. Yeah, yeah, just like getting out for the sake of it. Yeah, like, do you want to go get some fresh air or something? <laughs> yeah, do a bit of Time Vortex fresh air. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Leela, we've spoken about already mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, K9. Uh, well, that was under Professor Marius's sort of orders, really. Yeah, to sort go of like, with. go with him. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Romana has to go because the doctor's an idiot and she basically has to look after him mm-hmm. <laughs> during all the key to time shenanigans and she just sort of sticks around after a regeneration. Mm-hmm. Um, Adric, Tegan and Nyssa, the trio of hatred who didn't want to be there, <laughs> who I think if I was a doctor, it would have left them, you know, at the galactic equivalent of the petrol station and not come back, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, then you got Turlo. Well, he's, he's an interesting case because he's sort of... He's a bloody of, assassin! Yeah, he has to go with the Doctor, but that's... I think it's more or less so he can sort of try and redeem himself in the eyes of the Black Guardian and off the Doctor, even though he fails again. Yes, the, the Black One More Chance Guardian. <laughs> How many more chances did he give him? One more! Always one more! <laughs> you better not fail me this time or else. Oh, actually, you screwed up. Okay, okay. One okay. more chance. This, more t- I got in this time, if you screw it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, Perry. Um, Only goes to get away from her dad. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. there you go. There's that. Yeah. Um, Mel. Mel, we we never we never know um, on how, screen how they first yeah. meet. It's only in the book, business unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, we don't really know with Mel. It's quite a yeah. Just like, actually, that, yeah, that, that's quite sort of like an interesting one, actually, Mel. Because mm-hmm. I mean, although you know, bless Bonnie Langford, but um, her character wasn't great. But I thought it was interesting how like all of a sudden like here's this companion. You know, and by the the point that the Doctor's, like, showing the, the Time Lord court, you know, this adventure, which is Terror of the Vervoids, mm-hmm. they've been travelling for a while. And I think it's sort of, like, it's interesting so to, for them to have a companion sort of, like, in Miri's res, as it were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, which I think that would be interesting if they did that again. Yeah, I'd be all about that if they wanted to do that. It'd be like, quite interesting to do. Yeah, so it's like you just have Peter Capaldi sort of like, you know, strolling around the TARDIS console, throwing levers, and all of a sudden, you know, a new companion sort of shows up, and it's like, all right, Doctor, it's like, all right, and then it's like, <laughs> oh, all right, yeah, if someone just comes out of the back eating a packet of crisps, yeah, all right, yeah, all right, yeah. <laughs> where are we off to? <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe we could. Um, so Ace. Um, wanted to get away from it all, I think, because yeah. obviously she was sort of marooned on ice world obviously this yeah. was not of her own doing or mm-hmm. at least that's what she thought um it turns out to be you know fenric that bastard um <laughs> but again she's sort of that that sort of sort of going home the long way around yeah yeah uh, um so obviously grace we can't really talk about because she never hasn't an adventure apart from the one we see, so mm-hmm. uh, we don't know. Uh, Rose, all about it. Oh, hell yes. Oh, God. She is just raring to go. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, for reasons that we can, you know, are speculative. Um, but as soon as he says, did I also mention your travels in time? Dumps well, Mickey like a bad smell when she is out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it's even sort of like before that. It's it's not until sort of like Mickey sort of clings to her leg like a pathetic little child that she's like, go, well, well, no, really, I, I, I should, I shouldn't. Even though she's sort of clearly she's into it, she's chomping at the bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, had even even if like we didn't know that Rose was going to be the companion of the Doctor for that series, if if it if we were just like going into the episode blind when it gets to that point you're like of course she's going onto the fucking tardis of course yeah well exactly is there's like there's no doubt about mm-hmm. it um adam we've talked about a little bit now wikipedia then lists jack which you know again he feels fulfills all the criteria mm-hmm. um with jack it's sort of like well because he's like this sort of inter interdimensional rogue character mm-hmm. you just sort of feel like he kind of latches onto anyone just for a bit of a laugh and then you know it usually ends badly with them breaking up and then he goes off and goes with someone else so i don't think yeah. it's more like he explicitly wants to go with the doctor it's just sort of you get the impression of this is what he does he just sort of drifts around and yeah so sort of at best a part-time companion i think really i think so yeah um so moving on um to mickey mm-hmm. so Mickey, I feel like, wasn't really going because he wanted to go. He's going because he wants because Rose is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's very much sort of like the. Because I mean, when he says in the school reunion, so he asks if he can come. He says, "Because I'm not the tin dog." Mm. And uh, yeah, I think it's more sort of like because Rose is there, even though he sort of. I think he already sort of knows by that point that sort of she's a lost cause, you know, yeah. and, and he's sort of like and it. It doesn't really sort of like cement itself until they end up on Pete's world, mm. you know. Um, Martha, I think was keen to go with the Doctor, but more because she fancies him. Agree. Yeah. 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 Very strongly agree. Uh, Donna, all about it. Hell yes. I mean, obviously after the initial after the initial refusal. Mm-hmm. You know the fact that she drives around with her car packed with stuff on the off chance that she's yeah. going to meet. <laughs> You know, I've <laughs> got a hat box. Exactly. <laughs> Planet of hats. I'm ready. Thumbs up. Exactly. So there is none more prepared and keen to be a companion than Donna. So absolutely. Now here is where me and Wikipedia part company Uh-oh. because they, they list Astrid Peff, no. Jackson Lake, no, Lady Christina D'Souza, no. Adelaide Brooke. No. Yes. I mean, you know, this is dumb. They are not companions. No. They are one-shot characters. Mm-hmm. Bloody, you know, if you, you can't include, have Adelaide, you no. might as well have all the rest of all the people on Bowie base. They have about as much dialogue mm-hmm. and interaction with the Doctor. No, I mean, if, if, even if, you know, you know, not, I don't I don't even know if I want to spoil the end of uh, Waters and Mars, just in case anybody I hasn't... We, I mean, to be honest, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen Waters and Mars, please yeah. stop the... Pause it now. We'll be here. We'll wait. Go watch Waters and Mars and come back. Right, now they're back. Okay. Continue. Okay, considering that if she hadn't died, yeah, if she hadn't killed, killed herself, herself. Yeah. yeah, I still don't think she would have gone with the Doctor. Now, because no, it's a lunatic. Yeah. At that point. Yeah, Christina. I'd imagine Mevy's had she not. 
No, she wanted to go. Mm. Ostensibly, she wanted to go because she thinks it all sounds like a nice time. Mm -hmm. But she wants to go because she's about to get locked up. Yeah. And the doctor's like, nah. Yeah. I'm not taking you. She's you're more blatantly more trouble than you're worth. Mm -hmm. So, but to be honest, with Lady Christina D'Souza, he the do again the Doctor talks to Lee Evans's character more than Lady Christina D'Souza. Yeah, but we're not including him. No, you know, it, it well, seems weird. I don't know whether it's sort of ha whether sort of these few are sort of classed as companions because they share screen time with yeah. the Doctor. Or their names are in the cred at the front of the credits. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because sort of, it's sort of like when you get to like sort of these sort of groups of people, it's sort of more like a what if sort of scenario because like Astrid totally would have gone had she not died. Mm. Jackson probably not because no, he, I mean the Doctor does say I'll oh, come on, you know, and he's like nah. Yeah, don't well, fancy it. I mean, he, he he goes inside the TARDIS proper and sort of goes, he nope, no, nope. no nope. <laughs> Gets all the nopes. Yeah. Um, Adelaide again would not. No, no way. Hell no. Um, Astrid would have gone. Oh, Astrid. Yeah, like I said, Astrid totally would have gone. But of course she died. Sidebar, do you remember at the time? I don't know if this was just in circles I frequent, but there was loads and loads and loads of talk about Astrid sort of being sort of an essence of the TARDIS because Astrid is an anagram of TARDIS. TARDIS. Yeah. yeah, well, I think that was sort of like the common thing, but then it just turns out she's just a regular sort of person. Yeah. Now, see, I don't know. I mean, that might have been interesting, but then we probably wouldn't have got the Doctor's wife out of it. No, you know? I think you're quite right. Um, I do wonder if this was sort of like maybe a germ of the idea, although I think in the EDAs, there's, I think, is it Compassion? Yes. She's, she's a living TARDIS. TARDIS. Oh, she's a living TARDIS. She's not, not living TARDIS. Yeah. Yeah. She's not. She's not the TARDIS that we see in this series. She's another TARDIS. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, Time since I looked at those books. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I think as well because of the sort of the history that everyone who writes who now has got with the old Virgin books and the EDAs and mm -hmm. the PDAs. Um, I think obviously a lot of ideas come out of that so i think it's more compassion than it is astrid yeah i think astrid was sort of like just something russell t davis like did just to get people going oh, what what if oh. <laughs> yeah and then it's like no is yeah. it I, I think it maybe he, he would was... blatantly do that sort of yeah. thing wouldn't he so yeah i don't know whether he was maybe just like trying to like you know slowly get us into the whole idea of moffat um <laughs> we no. did a little gif of you shaking your fist <laughs> <laughs> should do that sometimes anyway um wikipedia now lists wilfred which i you know i'm inclined to agree with you he does meet the parameters but it's sort of like a tier two mm -hmm. spin off you know b companion list yeah i don't even know if like b companion would make because i mean you know he yeah he's in obviously he's in voyage of the dam but we did know that was him at the time because um what a lot of people might not realise is sort of before um, in Partners in Crime, the person Donna was supposed to be talking to on the hill while stargazing was originally her father. But yeah. the actor Howard Atfield was like really like badly ill. And yeah, on the he DVD, passed away not long after, didn't he? Yeah, on, like on the, the DVD, the box set of series four, they did have like the original versions of that, those scenes with uh, Howard Atfield and Boy, how do does he look? He just looks so unwell. Oh yeah, it's oh, it's, like... it's it's really upsetting actually. Mm -hmm. 
It's, it's like, sort of, Jesus, you know? But um, mm. so that's how sort of Will came into play. And sort of, and it sort of like helped with, you know, it's it's not sort of, I don't know if it's necessarily like manipulation of the timeline. It was just sheer coincidence mm. that the Doctor kept crossing paths, you know, with him. Um, so Will... Uh, put him on the B. You can't do anything and put him on the B tier. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like the problem is if you exclude him, you have to exclude so many other people. Yeah. On that basis, but interestingly, um, on the tenth Doctor doesn't list Jackie, even huh. though she she meets the criteria just as well as Wilf does. So again, you know, it's I I feel like this this Wikipedia this is probably a, a subject in quite the war zone. Mm. People altering it. Interesting. Here's an interesting note. If we move on to Eleventh Doctor, uh-huh. yeah. Obviously, you've got Amy and Rory. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Amy has wanted to do this since she was a child. <laughs> yeah. Rory. Rory basically comes because of Amy. Yeah. I think you know to be. But then he sort of like sort of has it has a little bit of a paradigm shift because you know in again going back to the Power of Three when they're having that chat they start to hear the TARDIS materialize and it's sort of. Well, maybe we don't have to decide right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, Wikipedia lists River song. Hmm. Interestingly, it says it has in the very side of the grid here has appearances with Eleventh Doctor Twelve in brackets five as a companion. So, I'd love to know whoever wrote this um, what they classify as the episodes where she's a companion, the episodes where she isn't. Hmm. Well. Okay. I mean, are you taking in, you know, all her incarnations? Are you counting Mel's as uh, well? That's true. Yeah. So let's, I'll tell you what, let's, let's go through the list. So Silence of the Library, uh, Forest of the Dead. No. No. Um, uh, but, but, but when was she next? It, uh, Time of Angels, Flesh and Stone. I bet that's, uh, I bet they're counting that. That's probably, because, so yeah. arguably two. Yeah. Um... Pandorica opens Big Bang. Yeah, if you're going to count the other yeah, two, so that's four. That's four. Right. Impossible Astronaut, Day of the Moon. No. No, she's... She's in it at the beginning. She gives the Doctor a slap. Yeah. We know, obviously, looking back, she's the one in the suit. But, obviously, not a companion because she kills the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Or the Tessellector looking like the Doctor. Yeah. So, no. No. And then Good Man Goes to War. Yes. No, no, No. actually, no. No, 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 because she's not in it that much. No, she's not. She's in it for like five minutes. Yeah. Let's Kill Hitler. No. Well, hmm. So, no. No, No, okay, then. Because that was, you know, Kill the Doctor mode. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, um, but mind you, though she 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 um, succeeds about as well as Turlo, and we're counting yeah. Turlo. Yeah. Well, she probably did better than Turlo. To be perfectly better honest, Turlo. Yeah, gone. Yeah, carry on. Right, so we're, yeah. we're anyway. still at four. Uh, oh, um, um, oh shit! What's it called? Uh, TV six finale, Wedding River Song. Wedding River Song. Yes. God, I, I why did I blank on on that name? It's, her name's in the fucking title. <laughs> Right, so that's five. Yep. And then, oh, it's it's only um, it's only uh, name of the doctor, really, isn't it? After that, she's only there as like a hallucination or something. Yeah. All right, then. So yeah. okay, yeah. but you know what? I reckon 
you could argue till the cows come home about that. Mm, I would say at best part-time companion. At best, at best. Because yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's the sort of thing where you know, as as they um, say in oh, it was uh, yeah, it was Wedding River Song again at the end um, when the, when Dorium says she's locked up for all her days, and the 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 doctor says ah, oh, but the night is a different story. So it's entirely feasible that there were other travels with the with her and the doctor, but we yeah. just never see uh, them. Yeah, the the note that Wikipedia has here, the little kind of NB postscript at the mm-hmm. bottom here. River first appears alongside the tenth Doctor in Silence of the Library Forest of the Dead, introduces a companion from his relative future who calls the Doctor to her aid. Progressively younger versions of River subsequently summon the eleventh Doctor in Time of Angels, Flesh and Stone, the Pandora opens Big Bang, and the, before the future Doctor summons her to his death in the Impossible Astronaut. Mm-hmm. River refuses the Doctor's offer of, to travel with her permanently in Day of the Moon. She subsequently features as a companion in A Good Man Goes to War, which mm-hmm. we said no. Let's Kill Hitler, which we also said no. And The Wedding of River Song. Also appears in, she also appears in Closing Time. She later appears in Angels Take Manhattan, which we... Uh, did we say Angels Take Manhattan? No, we didn't, actually. Didn't. Shit, forgot about that. Well, that's way better than some of the other ones. And The Name of the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, I... Hmm. So, well, it depends on whether you count... Arguably, we've gone up to six, then. Because I would Mm. definitely say, yes, with Angels Take Manhattan. Yeah. I suppose it depends on whether you count the two-parters as their own story. Like, like one story, and they just have two separate titles. Because they are effectively the same adventure. Mm. So, that would be... That would be back down to four, wouldn't it? Mm. Would it? Hang on. No, we said said no for uh, Impossible Astronaut and Day of the Moon, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. So no, that'd be four. Huh. Unless you maybe like count like some like the mini episodes that they put out on the box sets, like um, yeah, night of yeah night night of, the, night of the Doctor or whatever it was. Yeah, space and time or something that like it was called. Do you know what? It's uh, that's another thing we should do actually. What's that? Uh, a, sorry, production meeting in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> we should we should watch the... We should try and get a chronology of River Song from somewhere and we should watch her episodes in chronological order, her yeah. chronological order. Well, interesting. That would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Um, and then the, the list finishes off with Clara, which we, we, we've talked about. Um, she's sort of almost... She's not quite in the River Song category. She's kind of above that, mm-hmm. whereas, you know, we've had her various incarnations who were mm-hmm. companions, but, yeah, confusing. Um, interestingly, mm-hmm. Wikipedia also has a list of spin-off companions... Ah, now that's that's, that's tricky. Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. It lists tricky. Oliver Harper from Cold Equation as a first Doctor companion. Right. John and Gillian, who are like his grandchildren or something. Ah, very like comics, weren't they? Yeah, they were. They were the comic uh, strip ones. Mm. But I suppose. Well, I think really you have to like look at the canonicity of him, of like these very people. very sketchy John yeah. and Gillian. Very sketchy. Um, second Doctor, Surrender Ovedrober with Lady Serena from the World Game, hmm. which is a time lady. Um, fourth Doctor, a companion called Sharon from something called the Star Beast. Oh, that was uh, the one with the beep with the meep, isn't it? Oh, yes, yes. Yes, yes. So, hmm, that's... Uh, I don't know. I think it's sort of... Like, 
I think you really, to, for the sake of sanity, you have to keep with like the ones you see on screen because I mean, you know, how many compan, how many different rotors of companions has the eighth Doctor had? You've yeah, got... I'm going to get down there. Right. So if we get to the fifth Doctor, we have Erem, mm-hmm. Taurus, Brewster, and Amy, which are all big Finnish companions, I mm-hmm. believe. Um, sixth Doctor, Evelyn Smythe, Thomas Brewster, crossing over from the fifth, Charlie Pollard, who it's like a thing for the eighth doctor that yeah. obviously the sixth doctor doesn't know her, but she's keeping it secret that she knows the eighth. It's complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, Mila, um, who is like some sort of weird thing and flip Jackson. So mm-hmm. basically loads all again, big finish. Well, no, Frobisher sort of... no, yeah. not on here. He's <sighs> a shape shifting penguin for fuck's sake. <laughs> Seventh Doctor, Bernice Summerfield. Yay! Chris Wedge, Ross Forrester, Hex, Rain, and Elizabeth Klein. Um, so, yeah, uh, basically, combination of books and Big Finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Elizabeth Klein is, is definitely. Um, Eighth Doctor, again, is going to be is a weird mishmash of um, EDAs and. Um, comics and comics. Big Finish but the thing is now arguably the Big Finish companions are canon yep because of Night of the Doctor say so Sam Jones which was his first real companion in big letters interesting if you ever go back and read those such a prototype rose <laughs> such ah. a prototype rose um, Fitz, Compassion, Angie, Trix, Mary, Charlie Pollard, Lucy Miller, which again, can- canonicity of Lucy Miller is quite interesting because it's not Big Finish, it's a BBC spin off which is separate to Big Finish but audiobooks also. Molly, Izzy, Faye, and Destry. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ninth Doctor, Ali, from a thing called The Beast of Babylon. Is that a comic? Beast of Babylon. Um, oh, off the top of my head, I can't. I want to say yes, but I'm not sure. Hang on, let me just look it up. Yeah, because the tenth Doctor's also got June and Magenta Price, and the eleventh Doctor, Ian and Barbara, all the ah. way back to the beginning. So yeah, I think they're all comics because I know the Crimson Hand is definitely a comic. Mm-hmm. Hunters of the Burning Stone, I think, is a comic. Yeah. Um, uh, Beast of Babylon is a short story um, written by Charlie Higson. Ah, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. But again, it's so weird that all these th- these things that, um, you know, these these ones that are listed as spin-off companions, mm. this is even more sketchy yeah. than the official list. Ah, right. Okay, I'm just sorry, sorry to interrupt, but I'm just reading the, ahead, um, the, the TARDIS wiki page about the Beast of Babylon. Mm. <clears throat> and it says, this entire story is set within the events of Rose, just prior to his returning to pick up Rose at the end of the episode. So, when the TARDIS dematerializes, and there's that bit, and then it rematerializes, and he says, oh, did I mention it also travels in time? I think that's where you get Ali. Oh, so really, that's the thing that we were talking about right at the top of the show, the mm-hmm. the whole idea of having simultaneous companions. Yeah, although I, I think it it's pretty much seems like she's just like one-off, but, you know. Mm. Hmm. How bizarre. Yeah, absolutely. Although I think we could uh we can all agree that Astrid doesn't belong on this list and no. all those all those ones from the the special series mm-hmm. should not be on there. Yeah. Yeah, they're just like they're they're one offs if at best. If that, you know. 
Mm. I mean, with the companions as well, because a lot of their fates have changed <laughs> now. Because in the spin-offs, I mean, because Liz Shaw is killed off in the Virgin Advent- Virgin New Adventures, mm-hmm. but in the Death of the Doctor, she's on Unit's moon base. Yeah. Ace died in the comic strips, um, but she lived in the books and she's still alive as of the Sarah Jane Adventures because she gets uh, mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, actually, yeah, I'm just reading back over the uh, the TARDIS wiki page. What about handles? <laughs> <laughs> um. Don't be stupid. <laughs> it's just a bloody head. He's listed on the uh, the TARDIS wiki page. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Handles says, is not a companion. Handles yeah. is not a companion. Handles aided him greatly with technological assistance and was his only real companion during his first 300 years on Trenslaw as he'd sent Clara Oswald home and everybody he cared about that lived there eventually died. So not only are we saying that Andals is a companion, he's also by far the Doctor's longest-serving companion. Arguably. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> uh, and on that note... Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> everything ends with Handles. <laughs> oh, is he? I think that that's going to... is going to be the byword for this podcast. But what about Andals? Bless him. <laughs> So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to hear your thoughts about companions who you consider companions, who you don't consider to be companions, who you just think is just locking about. Uh, you can send us an email at uh, greatershow at simplysyndicated.com. Uh, you can also send, throw things at Emma's wall, whatever that is, on Facebook, I think. Is that is that thing that they poke you or something? Or Yes, they send it through the interpipes yeah, and throw it and it pi- cannons onto my wall pigeons uh, there are pigeons involved i think something like yeah, that pages and and flags and bookmarks and things yeah come on over to facebook search for the greatest show in the galaxy podcast and you should find us there come and uh, write something on our wall but only nice things mm-hmm. also um you can subscribe to us on itunes soundcloud um if you like what you hear, please leave us a review. It helps get us noticed, get us out there. Um, say nice things about us. We'll send you some biscuits. Yes, bless. And if you, if you can keep it under 140 characters, then you can tweet me at uh, Greatest Show Pod. Um, so let's get the hell out of here. Thank you very much, Emma. Thank you, Mike. And we shall talk to you next time.
listening companion really is he?